Dinosaurs, everybody. Welcome to the Mary and Tom Show. I'm Tom. I'm Mary. This is our show. Yep. This is the 99th episode of our show. Yep. You know what that means, Mary? Send us questions. For number 100. Yep. Because we do that. Do we? It's the first time we've reached 100. That's true. But other multiples of, of 10 or 25, other, you know, it varies. Do not chew on my purse, monster. Monster? That's not your purse. She's just rubbing on it. Okay. Because your your previous purse... Yeah, she liked to chew on it. I mean, she chewed through the strap, basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. It's not, not as good anymore. I mean, it's still good for chewing, I guess, but not as good for what you might want to use it for. Well, minus the strap, it's fine for a clutch. Um, we do feed Monster, by the way. We do have food in the house, so she doesn't need to eat the purse. Just so you don't think that we're, we're starving the poor little pussycat. She's on a diet, though. She is on a diet, yeah. yeah. She's not so thrilled with that, I don't think. No, not at all. How should people send us questions, Mary? Via email, hollandspiel at gmail.com, on Twitter, or on Facebook. Uh, you also put it in our BGG thread, and we'll see it there, too. Yeah. But different ways to send us questions. Yeah, do not send them in person. We're practicing social distancing and uh, sheltering in place and so forth. Yeah, basically, we're just doing what we always do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But we're being pretty good about not leaving the house. Except for me, uh, this last week, I left the house basically every day. And that's because my, my grandmother passed away. That wasn't from COVID-19. It was uh, Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. To help my uncle prepare for her funeral and to go to the viewing and the funeral and the gravesite, I've been out of the house a lot more than I would like to be. And uh, my grandmother, she's very important to me. She's really the only blood relative that I had a strong connection to. But she's also important to the other members of my family, her neighbors, her friends. Really, it should have been a big funeral with lots of people coming and sharing their stories. Uh, and it wasn't. Uh, because of what's going on, we were limited to ten people. So it was just my two uncles and her eight grandchildren, including myself, my mother, uh, did not make the cut, which she wasn't super happy about. She wouldn't have come anyway. No. So it was it was really strange just being these ten people uh, sitting apart from each other with, with masks on. And then uh, when it came time to go to the gravesite, three people from the family could be present as she was being laid to rest. We had to be 50 feet away, and it was all done with machines. felt kind of impersonal in, in a way. So it was kind of just a surreal bizarre sad experience but you and your cousin and your uh, uncle were there when she was actually buried yes we were the three people that were yeah. there and really my uncle and you were the only three who were doing anything for her in the end my uncle was her primary caretaker day in day out and i don't know if the rest of the family really understood how serious it was and how much he was dealing with uh, a lot of them are really kind of angry at him I think because she died. Well, one thing is that did happen really fast. Apparently this is a genetic or hereditary. I mean, her, her sister died the same way, her mother, yeah. her grandmother. As, as far as we know, it runs through the female line of the family. I mean, she, she's been having hallucinations for a while on and off, but by the, the last couple months, they've been pretty much just all hallucinations. She didn't even know that I was there. And it was uh, constant. It was like... This this rapid fire, never ending, 
Dutch Schultz monologue of her talking to people that weren't there, people who had died. It was always very violent. The house was on fire. The house, the walls were crashing in. Uh, she told me that I had been stabbed to death and she felt sorry for Mary. She told me I'd been thrown into a thresher. She felt sorry for Mary. Uh, and I'm, I'm right there. I'm, I'm not stabbed. I'm not in a thresher. Uh, and I only experienced that for a few hours at a time or a few days at a time. My uncle was yeah, going was through that. Constant every minute of every day. The other members of the family who didn't really help out the way I did or my cousin did would come in for a few minutes, not really see what was going on. Anyway, uh, that whole situation sucks. The COVID made it worse as far as our ability to celebrate her life and lay her to rest. Because the other thing is that a lot of family members were blaming him for the restrictions on the funeral. And, you know, he's not responsible for that. He's doing the best he can under these very difficult circumstances. He did a lot for her. So moving on to some company business, uh, we have a few updates. So as people know, uh, we are not releasing a game in April because the games we had on docket are games that uh, require cards or wood bits, which our suppliers for those two things are not operational right now. Now, I want to be clear, the only reason why we're still able to ship games is because our remaining vendor, uh, Blue Panther, which handles everything that's not cards or wood bits, he is able to operate out of his home. So no one is going into work. No one is violating the shelter in place. We're taking that very seriously as a business and as people. Now, we do have still some cards and some wood bits and inventory, and that allows us to fulfill some games while we have supplies. Once the supplies run out, we won't be able to fulfill orders for those games until things normalize and our, our card printer is back up and running and our uh, yeah, the wood big bits thing, suppliers back up and running. The big thing I think right now would be the cards. Yeah, because we still got a bunch of wood bits. Because we have wood bits, so we can supply supply lines. <laughs> mm -hmm. we, we can continue doing the ones that just have wood bits for quite a while cards however that's going to depend on our card printer they're under mandatory closure for the 20th of april and we'll see if they can i'm assuming that's been extended yeah by now. probably and you know if need be we'll we'll move some stuff around in our schedule but right now we're just trying to get stuff uh caught up so that when we are able to release these games with cards we have them built up so we can just get them out on the schedule we want rather than by the skin of our teeth now we did release at all costs, last week of March. March. Uh, so that's gone out to people there. It's not a game you really can play solo very well because it's a card-driven game that depends a lot on bluff. So I'm not sure how often people can get it out to the table right away, but... Uh, hey, if your spouse is willing. Yeah. We're also trying to get caught up on PMPs. You've Hades got... has already gone up on Wargame Vault, and I'm finishing up Matchlock now. I finished Streets of Shadows book, and I think we're completely done with that aren't we yeah so as soon as we're able to print cards we'll be able to release that game and i'm going to start working on dino tb yes she's very excited about this yep sure am this is probably the game you've been looking forward to more than this is the most important game in history <laughs> and prehistory now apparently we're working on another dinosaur game you want to call dinosaur gauge yes dino uh, gauge Dinosaur Gauge is fun, just short as Dino Gauge. It, it is not related necessarily to Irish Gauge or Iberian Gauge or Dual Gauge. Yes, it is. It's not the same system. We don't know what it is exactly yet other than it's going to be a Pick Up and Devour game. Yes, Pick Up and Devour. So we'll be working on that and we'll, we will figure it out together and uh, that'll be a fun time, I think. Yes. Uh, I don't know if we'll be out until like 2022. No. 
Because we want to make sure it's good. You gotta, you gotta really put in the hours there. It's so long. Well, how long did you wait for Dinosaur Table Battle? Since 2017. Okay, that's so that's like what three years. That was forever. Okay, so this you're waiting like two years. That that's an improvement, babe. Speaking of dual gauge, I have been testing that on Tabletop Simulator. I was doing testing on it before this whole virus thing uh, with some local groups and, and, and whatnot and planning to do some testing at conventions. And obviously we don't have local groups meeting right now. We don't have conventions. So I ended up getting on Tabletop Simulator. I tried briefly to make a module myself and found out I can't do that. Scott Peltz from the Phasing Player was kind enough to make a module for that and has allowed me to get quite a few tests in this past week, mostly on the past two weeks actually, mostly on the Portugal map, which is more the introductory map. And then I'll move people over to the, the Austrian map. Thank you, Scott. Yes, thank you. The great thing about that is uh, I need to have the microphone and headset on to, to run people through it. Uh, apparently, I've been informed that I'm louder than I think I am. And it's- uh, By anyone other than me? No, just you. I, I sit a few feet away from you, Tom. You are incredibly loud. I'm, I'm trying not to be. So I don't get any work done when you I have my earphones on and music blasting, and I can hear everything. <sighs> uh, I'm sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. Speaking of me talking a lot. Now uh, it's a lot. Well, yes, you do. And, You're and also loudly. loud. <laughs> well, speaking of that, I actually have been recording recording a fair number of, of interviews lately and have a couple coming up. One that's already been released is a is a conversation I had on the Armchair Dragoons podcast mentioned in Dispatches with Brant and with Doug Miller. And Doug is, of course, the developer for Horse and Musket Games. I also got to talk to Harold Buchanan for his podcast, Harold on Games. And that episode's going up uh, this Wednesday, actually. You have a live stream with Mo on Tuesday. Yes. So on Tuesday... I have a live stream with Maurice Fitzgerald. Mary, you need to pronounce that for me. I can never pronounce that last name. Tom can't pronounce Fitzgerald. No, I can't. It always comes out wrong. Like, I get the G wrong for some reason. And I, 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 I see it in my brain. I, I hear it coming. And Babe, that's I okay. always get it wrong. It's okay. I got it for you. I've got Thank your you. back, okay? You got my back. Yeah, I appreciate that. So I'm talking with Mo and with one or two other guys. It's like a big kind of party thing i forget what it's called something whiskey's in the title so i assume that they're consuming whiskey i will be sober so there might be an interesting um dynamic there i'm not sure i also have an interview that i'm recording on thursday uh being interviewed by dan thoreau from space biff but i'm not sure when that'll be up exactly speaking of which space biff did just post a podcast interview with the designer of meltwater uh, aaron lee escobedo and that was fun. Listen to that. It was, I mean, it's definitely Aaron being Aaron. <laughs> she seems like she's a lot of fun. She was a lot of fun on, on the on the interview, too. I gotta say, I enjoy these interviews a lot more than the job interviews that I had. I was bad at interviews. Yep. I remember one time the, the lady asked me, how are your oral communication skills? And I said, I have excellent oral communication skills. And she said, what would be an example of that? And I was like, oh, man. What? I was like, I am excellent at communicating things orally. I did not get that job. Interviews are always like a test to me. And I always froze on tests. I never tested well. Now, especially when I was in high school, like the last year and a half I was in high school uh, after my father passed. 
I had a real bad attitude yep. about everything. I remember doing a multiple choice test where I decided, you know what, all the answers are A. So I just circled an A on the Scantron. And I turned it into the teacher and she was like, I'm not going to grade this. You know, you're not even trying. I said, nope. <laughs> but then it turned out like three quarters of the answer were A. So I wouldn't necessarily have gotten a great score. If three quarters of them were eight, you would have had 75%. Yeah, that's like a C, right? That's fine. I would have been fine with a C. Yeah, it's better than not having it graded at all. I understand where the teacher was coming from, because I, I definitely was. I don't care. I also wrote an essay for, the, for that. There was an essay uh, test, essay question thing. My essay was, I didn't actually read this, so this is me putting words on the page. I'm going to keep putting words on the page until I fill up the space. Here I go. Here's some more words. Did not get a good score on that one. The thing is, a lot of times when kids have something traumatic happen, loss of a parent or some other things, their grades will go down. A lot of things happen. They don't pay attention to that and say, hey, this person is having a tough time. Some schools do, but yeah. I, I should say some individual people might. Yeah. But schools in general don't, and they don't pay much attention to that. I would say if I put any effort into it, they probably would have more more accommodating. More accommodating. I don't think they would have taken into the, uh, into account the fact that your dad died. I think for a lot of them, it was just, hey, you're in my class. You, you should be at doing this level, and you're not, so you're a screw-up. That's probably right. There were, some, there were some individuals, like you said. There were some individual teachers who gave me more leeway, uh, really both that essay and that test I told you about, that was, that was all in one class. And that one class where I put forth the least amount of effort, uh, mostly because, I forgot this, I had already failed that class. Because there's a thing they do called an E or zero for the day, where they just add an empty grade that screws up your average. So there might be 20 assignments, tests went out over the course of the year, and then instead of dividing by 20, they're dividing by 30, because they've added 10 E's for the day. I had over 60 E's for the day. I had a record, apparent, uh, for smarting off. I shouldn't have smarted off, but at the same time, the teacher would say things that weren't true in the history class, and I'd be like, hey, that's not accurate. She did not like that. That was not her, her jam at all. So Never tell a teacher they're wrong. You know what high school needed? Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs, everybody. <laughs>